Bokratov, we are in Shimuel Aleph, chapter 16. Uh, no. uh, chapter 16, we're on Pasuk Yud Chet. <clears throat> so what happened so far in chapter 16? What's the overall theme of chapter 16? Shmuel Is uh, Shmuel bashing Shaul that he didn't do God's will? So the overall theme is the decline of Shaul, right? It's the decline of Shaul and the... And the... Um, and the... No, it's not. That's not. That was chapter fifteen. What you're saying, chapter sixteen is is the theme of the rise of David. Okay, mm-hmm. chapter fifteen was the bashing of Shaul. Chapter sixteen, Shemuel starts going, and he, and Hashem tells him go to the house of Ishai, Beit Alachmi, and find from there a king. Mm-hmm. And then, then Shemuel says, "Oh, well, I'm scared of Shaul." And then uh, Hashem says, "Okay, so go make it out to be as if you're taking a korban to the city, and you're just bringing a korban. So then, whenever mm-hmm. you're sitting down to eat." You can kind of quietly anoint David and Shaul won't hear about it or something along those lines. So he does that and then he goes and he sees Eliav and he sees Abinadab and he sees Shammah, he sees the three sons and he thinks each one successively is going to be king and Hashem said, nope, this is not the king. Right? Because um, yeah. people see the eyes and man sees and Hashem sees into the heart. She says, there's not any of these sons. The Midrashim say that why, why was Hashem doing this at Shemuel? Because he said, Jose, I am the seer. Right? So he was uh, showing, in a way, showing off that he is able to see. So then Hashem said, no, you're going to get, uh, you need to be humbled. So he showed him that it's only based on Hashem that allows him to be the seer. And if he's not, if he's not a uh, thing, <coughs> and if Hashem does not want him to see, then he won't see. So then Hashem says, so he runs out of sons, and, uh, he, and, then, and then Shemuel says, there must be another son here. Because Hashem said that it's your son who's going to be king. Yeah. He said, oh, we have another son, but we didn't even think to bring him. The Midrashim say that's because he was the son of like a, of like a Shifha. Yeah. And he wasn't even the son of a, of a main the mother, of the, real, of the main wife, which is why he was kind of constantly derided by the brothers. We'll see in the later chapter, in the chapter with Goliath, the brothers don't seem to respect him much. So maybe he was from another wife. And they do not think that he's, he, there's any chance he's going to be king because he's the youngest. But then he comes and Hashem says to Shemuel, this is the one who's going to be king. And then, uh, so he takes the, the, the horn of oil and he pours it on thing, pours it on David's, head, on David's head. Now we'll pick up from around Pasuk 15 because that's where the thing starts. Pasuk 16. Um, no, let's go from here. Let's go from Pasuk Yudalit, sorry, 14. And the Spirit of God had departed from Shaul, and he was struck by a terrible, uh, bad spirit from Hashem, which means he fell into depression. It's some kind of melancholy. Mm-hmm. So the servants of Shaul said to him, The Spirit of God, the bad Spirit of God, is striking you. Meaning you're depressed. Say, our master, your servants are before you. Ask that maybe we should ask for a person who knows how to play the harp. And when you go into this melancholy and you start feeling the the bad, the strike of of God, the 
the dark spirit of God upon you. So he will play with his hands and it will be good for you. Meaning the music, you'll enjoy the music and it will pull you out of the dark place. So then Shaul says, go and find for me a man who is good at playing and bring him to me. One of the servants, he answers and he says, I know that Yishai has a son, that's from Bethlehem. He is good at playing, he is a good military man, he knows how to fight, he is smart, and he is good at looking, he's handsome. And God is with him as well. He says, so this must be the perfect guy, he knows how to play, he's a good military man, he could be like kind of like my advisor. What are the odds that this guy just randomly... So the Navi is putting the Navi is putting a bunch of stories next to each other. The, the, these three stories, the story of the anointing of David, the story of him being called to the palace or to Shaul's uh, kingly abode, and the story of Goliath, are all difficult to put chronologically. Okay, so for example, we're going to see the way to read these stories. Honestly, is to don't even ask a question of how this, how that. No, until I'm not asking chronologically. I'm asking why did this servant just randomly pick up this one random person? He's like, oh, I know so, this so guy. I'll tell you, because as I it's said, like Yishai's son, who's this? He's strong. He's smart. He knows how to play the heart. He's with Hashem. Is with him. So I'll tell like you. And then even Yishai himself thought thought of his son as nobody. Right. So that's a separate question. The answer could be that according to some of the commentators, I think. Um, in a Rai Maruf summary, he said it's uh, one of the Geonim. Says that all of the, these three stories are not in order. So the story of David being anointed, and the story of him being called to the palace, and the story of him, which is the next chapter, chapter Yudzain, fighting Goliath, are not in order. Which means that you according would to that, him fighting Goliath is the last one. It is the last one in the text. No, no, I'm saying in, in chronologically. Chronologically. Yeah, but if you look, the problem with that is that after he defeats Goliath, Shaul's looking around and he's asking people, "Who is this kid? What do you mean, who is this kid? He's been playing in your palace the music to, uh-huh. to make you feel better." So then they say, "Oh, so maybe it was David," and then he makes a quick exit from the battlefield, and nobody really gets to know who he is. But some of the advisors looked around, they picked up who this who this guy was, the the one who defeated Goliath. And then, whenever Shaul is depressed, they tell him, oh, by the way, we know this guy who's very good. He's already proven himself in war for you. Uh-huh. And this, and he knows how to play. So, it's, I don't know, uh, it's, it's difficult. The whole, the whole um, these three stories are all very, very difficult to, to, to chronologize. Um, so, you're, if that's a verb. I, if that's a verb. You just have to, you just have to ass- just accept the fact that nobody really knows how to understand the three stories and why, who knows David when, right? That's really the biggest question. Who, why do people seem to not know David when they should? And how do people know David when they shouldn't? Like, who's this random advisor who always just knows David? Yeah. It could also be, let's say they didn't know David, that um, this, this advisor, I mean, Yishai is clearly like a friend of the Malchut. Yishai's family is clearly connected to the Malchut and, and is, is a... Uh, is has respect for the Mahut of Shaul. Right? They're not like one of those people, remember earlier chapters that were deriding Shaul and didn't really believe he was supposed to be king. Mm-hmm. Remember when he first became king? So Yishai is not one of those guys. Yishai is clearly respectable yeah, of the king. Conspired against them and spoke to Shmuel about anointing a new they king. They didn't conspire against them. That's heresy. 
Okay, fine. You could say that. Whenever, for example, whenever they send David to, uh, he sends David to the thing. When he sends David to um, uh, to the battle, let's say, he says, "Oh, bring food for the army, for the generals." Or even when he sends David to the king's house. Or right now, he's going to tell him to bring food and show respect to the to the kingship. Yeah, let's do it. So, where are we? Eighteen. Oh, no, 19. So he said, this guy is good looking, he's perfect, God is with him. So Shaul sends messengers to Ishai. So he said, and he says, send me David who is tending to the sheep. He takes a bread and he takes a, a flask of wine and he takes a goat. David Shaul, and he sends in the hands of David to Shaul. So he sends with gifts, you know what I mean? So he's like, he shows respect to the Malchut. Also, another question. Or he's trying like, to deceive him. Maybe Yishai knows, because Shemuel had just anointed David, so Yishai knows, ah, this is my chance to get David into the kingship, so I'm going in uh, with a, he's like a Trojan horse, but I don't think, I don't think that's Peshat at all. So David comes to Shaul and he stands before him and Shaul loved him a lot. And he was for him an arms bearer. So he started carrying Shaul's uh, armory. So Shaul sends Ishai saying, Let David stay with me in the court for he has found favor in my eyes. And it was when uh, the spirit of God came upon Shaul, uh, the, 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 melancholy. the melancholy from God. I like the way it translates. The melancholy from God was upon Shaul. Uh, David would take the harp and he would play in his, with his hands. And, and Shaul would feel relieved. And it was good for him. And the spirit of melancholy would leave him. That's okay. like interesting in and of itself. The that the, the, the music music helps the soul. Yeah, it's a very exactly. it's a very known thing. The the philosophy behind music is that I once had a college professor who was saying something interesting. He said, if you like, look at the notes. Um, there is like there is like math there is like mathematics built into music, and yeah. like if you look on like the musical scale, notes only sound good in succession if they are like even numbered or something like that it's really cool but there's a certain science behind why music is we're, we're like hardwired to feel good when music plays okay uh real music not the stupid music they have to yeah real music. <laughs> so one other thing i wanted to point out is um where is it Oh, the fact that David is a shepherd. Very key point. Who else is a shepherd? Moshe. Moshe Rabbeinu. So the leaders of Am Israel. who else is a shepherd? Yaakov Avinu. Right? So leaders of Am Israel are very often shepherds. Why is that? Why do they need to be shepherds? Also, whenever, whenever, even whenever Shaul was becoming king, what was he looking for? Why did he lose? The sheep, right? The sheep of or the, the donkey of his father, right? So he's going. He was, she was a shepherd. Yosef, he was not. He was a. He was also shepherding. Okay. So what's going on? Why do all of these leaders? Why are they shepherds? 
No, first of all, because it's a, it's like you're leading the flock, right? So the metaphor is that, is that like Moshe is like the ro'e of Israel. He's like the shepherd of Israel, okay? Uh-huh. Or you could even say Hashem is the ro'e of Israel. Adonai ro'i, lo ehsar. He's my shepherd, right? That's in chapter 23 of Tehillim, right? Adonai ro'i, lo ehsar. Um, the deeper idea behind it is that for, for a person to develop nivu'ah and the leadership qualities... He needs to have a lot of quiet time to sit and think. That's how the nivwa would develop, right? So he would sit down, he's a shepherd. Half the time they're just waiting for the sheep. They're looking at the sheep and they're just sitting down and waiting. And in that quiet time of contemplation, a lot of the nivim, that's where they would develop their nivwa. So the great nivim are all shepherds, okay? But it's an interesting theme that runs through Tanakh to analyze. Should we do a few more psukim? Did we finish the attack, right? Yeah. The Pelishim gather in their camp to, to battle. They gather to Soho, that's in Yehuda. They were between Soho and Azekah in the place called Ephes Damim. Shaul and the people of Israel were gathered and they encamped in Emekailah. And they had set up for battle against the Pelishim. The Pilishim were on one side, the Jews were on the other side, uh, each one was on the, the, the mountain, and there was a valley in between them. And they're there in battle, there's clearly like, um, they're on two hills, but there's probably, they can easily walk across, right? And then the person who was the middleman, the Isha Benaim, which means the person that they would send out, you know, they had this like old uh, tradition in, in old like military battles that each army would send their best fighter and then if one defeated the other then they would go home right they would accept defeat it's like at the beginning of that movie you know that movie um there's a famous movie like troy maybe okay so so whenever so that's called isha benaim the man who goes who's the man who represents the army who's going to willing to fight that's called isha benaim and the isha benaim here is named goliath and he's from gut and his, he was six amot and a hand breadth tall. So he was very tall. And he had a, 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 the hat of, uh, of uh, copper on his head. And he had like a, a vest. That was uh, like a chain, chain mail. You know, playing RuneScape, you know, chain mail. <laughs> Yeah, chainmail. And the weight of the shirion was 5,000 shekalim, and it was copper. He had an armory on his legs. And he had a neck guard between his shoulders. The shaft of his spear was like a, lever, uh, a weaver's beam. And the blade was 600 shekalim of iron. And all this is obviously to, to show how, how big strong and strong and uh, and powerful Goliath was because his armory was huge and he was wearing so much armor and he had a, a big sword and a, and a spear. So he says, so Goliath now turns to Am Yisrael and he starts mocking them. And he says, he turns to like the camp, camps of Israel and he says, why are you coming to do battle? Oh, I am just Goliath the Pelishti, and you're the you're the servants of Shaul. Pick pick for yourself a man and come out to fight. So you could come out to me. 
If you could come and kill me, then we will be to you servants. And if I strike, if I'm able to beat him and I strike him, you'll be servants to us and you will serve us. Pelishti says, Goliath says, I've now, uh, I've now uh, disgraced the battalions of Israel on this day. Send me a man and we'll fight. So Shaul and all of Israel hear the words of the Pelishti and they are terrified and they are fearful greatly. So um, we're going to analyze tomorrow the response of Shaul to this Pelishti coming out to the battle of Israel. So far the Pelishti is very arrogant and proud and he is also from Gat. We're going to see Gat later when, she, when David is running away from Shaul. Okay, but he is a Pelishti from Gat. And this continues the theme that the main enemy of Am Yisrael is always the Pelishtim. Right? So even after we defeated the Pelishtim in the last battle, remember we didn't completely defeat them because, because they were hungry and then, you know, Tan ate from the, from the sugar and then the, they got all upset. So we weren't able to, while we were discussing this and drawing the lottery to pick Yonatan, the Pelishtim all left. So he didn't get to destroy them. So now the Pelishtim are back. Remember, that's, that's why they're back here. So Goliath comes, and now all of Am Yisrael is terrified of Goliath, the Pelishti. So, and another thing, by the way, is Shaul does not seem to have his bearings. He's not, like a, he's not able to defend from Israel. So nobody has the confidence because Shaul is not really there with them. He also doesn't bring a korban like he wanted to do in the previous war. Remember, he tried to bring a korban. He brought it too early. Remember? That was way back. Yeah. Hold on, was the thing with the sugar, was that um, Pelishti or was that the Amalek? Yeah, with the honey. It was Pelishti. It was Pelishti, right? What else, what, what else would it be? I was thinking maybe Amalek. No, it's not no, Amalek. Amalek, Amalek they, they destroyed Amalek. completely and then... And they then, got him, they just yeah, kept the good... The yeah, good that was a Pelishti. So that explains yeah, why the, the Pelishti went back. Okay, what do you call Amen, amen, amen.